How you doing, everyone? This is Glenn Gare from the Neeps Cast, your favorite evolutionary psychology podcast where we talk about everything from an evolutionary perspective, and we make sure to connect things with the Northeastern Evolutionary Psychology Society. Today, I am fortunate to speak with a good friend of mine from a long time back, um, renowned evolutionary psychologist from a place that is further north and east than we are here, uh, Marianne Fisher from St. Mary's University of Halifax. How are you doing, Marianne? I'm doing great, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We're looking forward to, uh, to having you on the show. We've been looking oh, forward to this for a while. Such an honor. I'm really happy to be here. Great. Well, I will tell you, um, there's several questions I've got, but as you know, the show is being co-produced by two students of mine, um, Paige Blaine and Gianna D'Amato, and they're particularly excited about having you as a guest because they, like a lot of people in our community, identify strongly with a women's studies and a feminist kind of perspective, and they're excited about the fact that you're a major um, figure in the in the uh, feminist evolutionary perspective society community um, or FEPS. So I wonder if maybe we could start a little bit by talking about that, uh, that experience that you've got. I'd love to. And how cool is it that your students are so involved in this is Neeps cast or podcast? That's awesome. They have uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. So I guess maybe the best way is just to talk about how FEPS came to be and sort of where we're heading. Um, I'm not the co-chair anymore. We have a, a mostly a flatlined hierarchy, but um, I've sort of stepped in the background, take on other things. But um, FEPS really got formed, I guess, in response to the material that we kept seeing at different academic conferences and a lot of the, the papers as well. And so at that point, this is going back now, I can't believe it's like 10 or 12 years, um, but we, we were seeing women basically still being portrayed as rather passive in the human evolutionary story. And, um, and the data really didn't line up well with that. So, uh, you know, we go to these talks and we'd be hearing over and over again that, you know, women were, were passive except for perhaps mating where they were doing some mate choice, but there weren't many talks also on like that would, that would really highlight women's active role. So aside from mothering, which was happened, you know, talked about once or twice, it, it really wasn't coming up that often. And, uh, and so that's how it came to be really as a, as a society, mm -hmm. just to, to sort of bring that to the forefront. Um, and I will say that, you know, as you know, Glenn, if you've been to some of the PEPS meetings, we've really, really um, tried to make sure it's inclusive to everybody. Um, and so we believe that anyone can have a feminist perspective. And, uh, and we believe that, uh, you know, research can really be informed by a, a egalitarian point of view as well. Mm -hmm. So, sure. yeah. Um, and one of the things that when I tell people about FEPS, um, I usually will add that one of the first things that, that you all put together was an edited book published with Oxford University Press titled Evolution's Empress, um, which I think is such a great example of uh, walking the walk, you know, so you can sort of talk about ideas or, or intellectual um, concepts you have till the cows come home or you can actually come up with an idea organize people and make something happen and i feel like uh feps has been such a great example of that with evolution's empress being a sort of a prototype of that so maybe talk a little bit about that project and the work that you contributed toward it sure um, i totally agree with you glenn first of all and that is that uh, at that time i was co-founder of feps and 
I, I'm not one that likes hand-waving. I'm sort of a get down, you do it, and you see if the evidence is there, or you try to make something happen in terms of a product. Um, and one of the reasons for that is that, you know, NEEPS is a small society. FEPS is a, a tiny, tiny society within that. And, you know, we had, to, we had to create a product that people in the academic field would be able to see because not everyone can come to the meetings. And it really, it was a good time for us to branch out outside of the immediate membership. And so we made a call and uh, we went out and, you know, distributed the call to various societies. And, you know, Evolution's Empress was a hard book. Um, we had a lot of momentum. We had a lot of enthusiasm at the start. I'd never done an edited book before. Um, it was a lot of work. And, that, you know, you write so much that you know the stuff inside out about the process. But when you start out, especially as an editor, and you're, you know, I'd say middling or, or you know, starting out as an academic, and you're talking to big names, it's a bit intimidating. So there was a bit of uh, that as well. But what I really love about that project the most was, not only did I learn a lot about a field, but I saw how feminism has so many different meanings and so many different ways to influence research. Um, and, you know, the book received really great reviews mm -hmm. and we were um, given a lot of feedback. And some of the feedback was, you know, wow, these chapters are really impactful, blah, blah, blah. And then they would say in the same breath, except for these chapters. And mm -hmm. we went back and looked at, at what they were talking about. Um, it was basically that, you know, when you talk about women, that's not enough for feminism. Or when you talk about sex differences, um, that is very controversial, whether that's tied into to feminist studies as well. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting to see how, you know, someone's bias or someone's point of view when they're reviewing a book even, or when they're coming to a text, how that influences what they get from that material. Um, but I love that book. I am so infinitely proud of that book. Um, I really hope that one day we get to do, you know, something that's a follow-up that's more recent, because mm -hmm. uh, that came out in 2013 now. But I, yeah, that was a fantastic start for FAPS. It really was. It's yeah. in journals too, right? So we've, we've kept the momentum really strong. Yes, absolutely. I feel like it's been such a um, product-oriented group, and I look forward to, uh, to the meeting coming up in, a, I guess, a couple of weeks from now. Yes, like, what, a month? Whew. Pretty much, yeah. So um, maybe uh, segueing a little bit to the, uh, the upcoming NEEPS conference, um, what's planned for the FEPS meeting this year? Um, so we're sort of, I guess we're, we're figuring it out still. Um, and one of the reasons for the delay is that we, we like to really take into account what the membership wants. And so we're still trying to figure out what's the best course of action at this point. Um, and I think we're going to have some guest speakers. I might be, I guess, speaker at it this year. And, I, and if so, I'll be talking about uh, the pitfalls of looking at uh, parental investment theory and tying in a lot more biology, actually, to, to sort of explain what those problems are. Um, and Becky Birch will also hopefully be speaking. Um, and so that'll be interesting. But I think it's going to be, again, beginning to try to figure out how we can maximize our synergy. So we have, you know, this fantastic membership, but they're enthusiastic, they're smart, they're open-minded, and they want to collaborate. And one of our problems for years now, and I, th I think we've been very successful, don't get me wrong, but I think one of our biggest problems is how to, to really embrace that momentum to carry us through to actual projects that get executed. And I think this year the, the, the organizers are really going to sort of focus on that. Um, and we also want to address um, how to make it more intersectional. So starting to look at some of the ways that we might 
make the mandates of FEPS a bit broader or how we might tackle um, some of the other issues that we're seeing in the field. But yeah, I, I think it's still trying to be figured out at this point. Okay. Well, I definitely think that anyone interested in the interface of feminism and evolutionary psychology would be wise to check out the website and the Facebook and some of the scholarly products that you all have have put together because I feel like it's been a really uh, great advance for the field. Oh, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. And I, I have to admit, I've really learned a lot. So yes, absolutely. Everyone should come. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that will be just because uh, it's always good to put a plug in there that is going to be uh, June 6th in Boston at the nonprofit center. And I believe that'll be in the morning session. I think it's the fifth. I might fifth. be wrong. Even yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, but yeah, but neepsociety.org, people can check out the, uh, the website and the, the program for the conference is linked there, I believe, at this point. So, so speaking of the NEEPS conference, um, I think the first time you and I met, I believe, would have been 2007 at the first NEEPS conference that we held right here at New Paul. Does that sound about right? It does indeed, yeah. We had exchanged some emails before then, and, and uh, you asked me to be part of NEEPS, this new society you were forming that has really taken off. Um, but yeah, that was the first time we met. And uh, I seem to remember that you brought a bunch of students from Halifax and gave a few presentations, but the one that stood out to me was on infidelity from an evolutionary perspective um, and looking at reactions to infidelity in terms of who the target um, was, whether the interloper was, I think, uh, varying degrees of closeness to the, uh, to the person or not. And I remember you gave a great presentation and we've, uh, we've kind of been working together on and off ever since. That's right. Good memory, Glenn. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, I remember that presentation. And uh, so speaking of NEEPS, um, the NEEPS conference, the conference pretty much rotates around from person to person and campus to campus. And in 2016, we were very fortunate to have NEEPS held in Halifax, um, hosted by yourself. So uh, maybe tell us a little bit about your thinking on that conference and um, what was special about it. You know, it was... It was truly such a delight because it was the Big Ten, right? This was NEEPS 10. Right. Um, and we went all out. Like, it mm -hmm. was absolutely fantastic. Uh, my students really got into it. Uh, the local arts community where I have connections, uh, you know, my visual artist friends that do ceramics made special mugs mm -hmm. that people could purchase for the conference. Uh, we had excursions. It was, it was just crazy. We had a sit-down lobster dinner. Who does that? Uh, it was just so much fun to plan and we had a lot of external funding uh, that people gave us when they heard that we were going to have uh, all these incredible people coming from all over the world like people from Japan even and New Zealand it was amazing um, it was you know in my students even went to the airport to pick up people that had extremely long flights to get here like it was just absolutely it embraced the Nova Scotia mentality to the core which is everybody gets welcomed and everybody is involved and uh, and that's exactly how it went down um, it was it was an amazing time, and I, I'm going to put it out there publicly that I'm going to be gunning for a 2026 to be in Halifax. Wow, I will I wanna, totally support that. <laughs> I want to do every decade as Great. long as I can. The decade markers in Halifax. Um, I, I think it's just so much fun to bring all. I would consider most of those people that come to these conferences as my friends at this point. Yeah. So it's basically bringing all my friends together to have a down home party and uh and learn a lot in the process and i really enjoy it 
Well, that sounds great. I'll, I'll tell you, 2026 Halifax is on my calendar right now, actually. <laughs> and mine too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like you said, it, it was very special. There were so many bells and whistles. And for people that haven't been to Halifax, it's a remarkable, it's a beautiful place, you know, like right out of a postcard. It is. And um, I really, a vivid memory that I have was there was something of a welcome reception that was on a top of a hill near an old fort in the middle of the city with a bagpiper. That's right, Citadel Hill, where, where Halifax is all around. Yep. Yeah, what, a, what an experience. And um, I seem to remember that you were acknowledged by the mayor's office as an official ambassador to the city because of all the people that you brought from all over the world for the conference. That's right. Uh, good memory there, too. Yeah, I, uh, I was actually given an award from Destination Halifax for uh, the quality of the conference and all the organization that went into it. I have to say the the province really rallies around conferences. So uh, we actually in the program had a letter from the mayor and the premier of the province right. uh, inviting the NEEPS community to come see the city. And and it was fantastic. We, we really, we managed to use the city really effectively. So all the attendees got to see different things like Citadel Hill or um, some of the oldest pubs in the, in, in the province and things like that. It was amazing. It was a, it, everyone just has to come 2026. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and you know, I, I feel like the, uh, the ethos that you brought to that um, speaks largely to one of the things that we're trying to do with NEEPS generally, which is to make it exciting, make it positive. Um, you know, we're academic at our core, but we're fun as well. And, and I feel like um, we try to sort of highlight highlight the multiple sides of NEEPS at all of our, our conferences. And I definitely feel like Halifax 2016 just stands as a great prototype of that. Thanks. I, I agree. I, I mean, all of us are academics. We're all very smart. We all do, I think, very interesting research. Um, but I think you have to... I think the thing about NEEPS that makes it so special is it's a small society where I feel 100% comfortable going up to a new face and introducing myself yeah. um, and having my students do the same. And I don't think that happens at many other conferences. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we, you know, we strive for openness, warmth, and support. And I feel like to the, to the extent that we succeed in doing that, we continue with, with our core values. Absolutely. Um, so, so with that said, um, we have the 2019 conference in Boston coming up. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What should people be excited about regarding our upcoming conference? Oh, my goodness. So, first of all, I'm so disappointed it's only two days long. It's, it's just not enough time to see everything that everybody's doing. But True. I, I understand. Um, but, you know, that says a lot to me when a conference, when you want it to keep going. Right. And you look at the program and you're like, oh, it's not long enough. Um, but I, you know, I'm honestly, I'm super excited to see both keynotes, uh, Rebecca Birch and Bobby Lowe. Mm -hmm. um, I, I cannot wait for that. I think that's going to be a true highlight of the meetings. Those are both happening in the evenings. Um, and I just, you know, there's, there's so much interesting new stuff that's coming out. As I was looking at the program and I was really, I was circling, I do this circling thing. So I circle the ones I, I have to have to see. And it's to the point where most of the programs circled. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah. So I'm looking at the program now, and our own Becky Birch is going to be speaking on Sunday evening. Um, if people haven't heard Becky speak, I'd say that you're in for a real treat. She's one of the most compelling, engaging, and smart present presenters in, in all of academia that I've experienced. And 
I'd she say great. amen to that, even and as she, an evolutionary psychologist. Absolutely. And she just does great research. So she'll be giving a talk titled My Career, A Cautionary Tale, What I and We Can Do Better. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then on Monday night, the next night, we have a classic evolutionary scholar and Dr. Bobby Lowe from the University of Michigan, um, who's been publishing on issues regarding mating and evolution for a very long time. And uh, what do you have to say about uh, Bobby Lowe's talk? You know, I'm a bit biased just because I'm such a huge Bobby fan. Mm -hmm. Um, I have followed Bobby's work most of my career. And... Uh, I was actually the one that that proposed we invite her and then sort of, I guess, really was vocal about how much I wanted to to hear her. Um, you know, it's Bobby's work, she covers so many different topics in interesting ways. Uh, when I read the abstract, I was, I was super excited to see what she's going to say, but uh, I'm really hoping that she brings in, I, I guess this is not professional necessarily, but she has a certain way of presenting with a bit of humor. Um, and so that's what I'm excited to see in that talk. That's great. And I'd say that's true for Becky also. So it sounds like we, we should definitely have some fun keynote speakers. Yeah, absolutely. And I get to introduce Becky. Oh, oh fun. that's an honor. <laughs> it is. I can't wait to figure out what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, excellent. So we have a great, a great Neves conference lined up. Um, and the Tuesday, so it's, I guess it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Tuesday morning will be the FEPS uh, meeting, and then an hour break, and then there'll be the APES meeting, the Applied Evolutionary Psychology Society, um, which actually supported by a grant from the Human Behavior Evolutionary Society, or HBEST, this year. Um, so we're really trying to sort of bolster the, the, you know, the infrastructure of NEEPS and our related societies in a lot of ways, and I think it's, having it in Boston should be a really great way to do that. Absolutely. Um, so uh, switching gears a little bit, um, I've always been deep, deeply impressed by your research in terms of lots of different things. Um, you've published lots of empirical papers, you know, stuff with original data collection, as well as theoretical pieces, book chapters, books, and um, on lots of different topics, which I think is the hallmark of a great evolutionary scholar. Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of your newer scholarship? Oh, well, thank you, Glenn. Um, so I guess the, the thing I'm focusing right now the most on is trying to figure out how mothers compete with each other. Um, I had an insight about two years ago, three years ago, that really shouldn't have been an insight. Like I should have gotten it about a decade or two ago. Um, where I had devoted most of my research time was looking at women's competition for mates. So how women compete to, to get the guy they want or how to keep him. Um, and this is all, of course, focusing on heterosexuality because being in evolutionary psychology, that's, that primarily is the focus, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, I had an insight one day that, well, that's only a small piece of the puzzle, that there has to be competition among mothers for limited resources, or at least within our evolutionary past and trying to figure out what that competition looks like. So what are they competing over? How are they actually engaging in that competition? Um, what sort of steps do they take? And, uh, you know, leading up to this view of, of maternal instinct. Uh, and that, you know, that was what I presented last year. Uh, and I will say I presented it with a four-month-old, which mm-hmm. was really amusing to be presenting about how the you know, maternal instinct is a false concept, as my, my child's in the back mm-hmm. of the room. 
but uh, it's, you know, I've, I've been do digging in deeper to this idea of what is maternal love and trying to sort out, you know, the competition aspect from, from that um, and just digging into uh, mummy judging and issues like that. So that's been one big um, avenue for my research. I haven't made huge strides, mostly because I'm still thinking. I, I'm a plotter. I take a long time to think about how to get my questions right. Um, I've also been looking more at friendship lately and looking especially at women's friendships because we have the word bromance, right, for men's relationships. So, you know, that idea of you like the guy so much that it's almost like a romance, right, even though you're, you're not necessarily romantically inclined. But we have no word for that for women. Hmm. And, you know, and that really, that struck a chord with me when I, when I realized that. Um, and so I'm beginning to, to do some work just looking into what is, you know, what is the nature of women's friendships and how do women decide how to cooperate with someone or when to cooperate with them versus compete with them. So I guess I'm, I'm doing a big step back and just looking at the big umbrella um, and trying to figure out now what is, you know, what's, what are the selective pressures that would lead to those behaviors occurring? Um, and then I'm doing some fun stuff with, you know, huge data sets, which hasn't really gotten very far yet. Yeah. Um, yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really trying to take, take the last year or two and just think more than generate publications. Uh, and I've also been working on a book, which makes me think a lot. Oh, let's hear about it. Uh, okay. Well, I had the, you know, it was such an honor. Um, I was just about to, to hit on to my sabbatical um, and the maternity leave when Oxford University Press contacted me and they asked me if I'd be willing to write a book for their series. It's a very short introduction series that have done very well in the UK especially and they needed someone to write the very short introduction for evolutionary psychology and, uh, and they came to me and asked if I would do it and, and it was just, you know, it was a perfect timing because I was about to hit on sabbatical uh, and a maternity leave and I just I thought yes this is something I'd like to try to do I did not anticipate how hard it would be to write an overview of the field I know you've done it it's it's challenging like 200 pages to say this is what our field is and here's the recent research on it um, it was really hard but I learned so much and I honestly had an amazing experience doing it um, I, I would happily consider doing it again in a couple of years um, yeah, so that's, that's where I ended up devoting most of my time, was doing a lot of reading. I learned a lot about physical anthropology that mm -hmm. had gotten stale in my brain. Um, yeah, I just, I read a lot. It was that's, absolutely amazing. That's great. So what is the title of it, Simply Evolutionary Psychology? Yeah, it's just a very short introduction to evolutionary psychology. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, I think that would be really useful for students um, to get a great overview of the field. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Oh, thanks, Ben. You know what, though, Glenn? I have to say, I actually wrote it for my mother. Um, yes, great. <laughs> I need my mom to understand the point of view that I have for my work. And yep. just wanted to write something that she could sit down at night and hopefully not fall asleep to. So we'll see mm. if I can be successful. <laughs> well, I got to say, Marianne, I think we have pretty similar um, approaches to some things. Because I always tell my students, they, when they ask me how should they write anything, I always say, no matter what, write it for my mom in Florida. There we go. <laughs> if, if she can get it, then that's, you know, then, then you're appealing. Then you're writing for a broader audience. Then you're communicating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's great. Well, good luck with that project. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you. Um, so one of the things that uh, you're 
well known for, I think, has to do with mentoring and getting students excited about research, bringing them into research as collaborators, and um, even connecting them with other researchers in the field. Um, and you have a little group that I understand is called the Jellies. Yep. Uh, so maybe tell us a little bit about the, the Jellies and maybe the history of your group and uh, some of the connections with NEEPS that have come about along the way. Oh, I'd love to. So yeah, um, you know, when I started at St. Mary's, I had just finished my PhD and I really was looking forward to teaching especially and supervising students in my lab. So uh, I formed the General Experimental Lab, the GEL. And uh, I'll never forget when, you know, I came up with this cool name. And at that time, I was still doing some work in other disciplines as well. So I wanted something that was very broad. Um, but I came into my lab and they had taken the name that I'd given them to put on the door. Uh, this is the facilities management. And they changed it so that I was hoping that my students would walk in. They say, oh, general experimental lab, gel. Okay. And then they called jellies. Instead, they called it uh, something like psych lab. Huh. And so my students had no idea where the heck jellies came from or what it's about. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's become a bit of a, a culture, I guess, at St. Mary's. Uh, we're fairly well known. We're known within the city for sure, because as my students have gone through the lab, uh, they've gone on to do graduate school or uh, programs at other universities. And people actually would say, oh, you're a jelly. Hmm. And, uh, and that has some meaning. So that means a lot to me. That's great. Yeah, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Usually uh, I try to get my students excited to go down to NEEPS in particular. And we, it was very little success, but usually I have between one and up to eight students go. Um, and, uh, and it's all about getting them basically like real world ready. So it's how do you talk to people at conferences? How do you dress appropriately? How do you interact in a professional manner? Um, how do you make connections for those that want to go on in the field, especially how do you introduce your research and introduce yourself in a way that's impactful? Um, how do you, how do you get people excited about the work that you're so excited about? And it's, it's a lot of, um, trying to lead by example, I guess, because you, it's hard to teach those skills. You know, it's, it's very challenging to say to people, this is what you do. This is what you don't do and have it stick as you know. So it's just. Yeah, like I, I absolutely love my research. I love what I do. It's, it's part of my core. And I think when the students talk to me about their research, um, and it is their work because I don't, I don't give them a project. Mm -hmm. They take something, they shape it, they make it their own, and they own it. Um, and so when they're talking about their research, how could they not be so excited? They've just devoted months to looking at this question or this theory. Uh, so it's been fantastic. And in terms of payoff, if, you know, if we want to get down to those sort of like brass tacks, I guess, um, I've had a whole bunch of students continue on to graduate schools because of NEEPS. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they meet other faculty, they end up maybe doing collaboration with them, they get a letter of reference, um, they get scholarships, they even get PhDs off, PhD offers. Um, I've had students go internationally with fully funded PhD offers. And a lot of it comes from talking to people at NEEPS. So absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's, it's such a great story. And I think when you look at the, the many examples of students that have just gotten that kind of experience, I, I think it's just a great, a great story. And one, one student whom you and I share, I guess, would be a, the way to put it, would be uh, is our student, Laura Johnson. Um, right. So Laura, uh, actually, she did a Neepscast episode a few months ago. Um, and it was a terrific, you know, she's extremely 
well put together and eloquent in everything she says. So that was a great episode. And she is someone who joined Neeps when she was, I think, maybe 17 years old. And she was a kid, um, went to the first Neeps in 2007, met you and your students there and then, and finished her bachelor degree with me and is now getting a PhD at Binghamton. But because of Neeps has worked closely with, um, with you and several members of your team as well. So maybe talk a little bit about your uh, mentoring of Laura as part of the NEEPS connections. Cool, for sure. So absolutely, yeah, I met Laura, uh, Laura Johnson through NEEPS, and then we had a lot of uh, overlapping interests. So she, she was interested in things like fashion and theater um, and, and use of color, uh, especially, and things like that, like things that would be more, I'd say, uh, fringe or, or just less routine, at least, within a lot of the work I've been reading in the field. And we just, we really hit it off, just talking about different ideas. And um, we've just, yeah, we've never lost momentum and we've just maintained that, uh, that output. So she actually is working on a project with me that she's actually presenting at this year's NEEPS. And now, this is the exciting part, Glenn, she's working with one of my students. Oh, I'm that's great. Circle. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So, yeah, so we're, we're presenting a study that we just did on cam girls. Uh, um, and that was that came out of Laura's presentation at last year's NEEPS. And uh, I didn't realize that she'd been working on that sort of that, that area. And so uh, I came up to her after her talk and I had a couple ideas and and we just we just kept talking. So that's, you know, that's the kind of collaboration that you don't usually see come out of an academic conference. And I have to say, Glenn, too, in addition to Laura Johnson, I've worked a little bit with Laura Adair um, and I've been letter reference writer for mm. her that I met through NEEPS and Haley Dillon. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've both written chapters for some of my books. Like it's just, you know, it's, it's just one of those amazing things. And I never would have met Rose, right. Chang, as you know, and Sarah Stroud. And, and there's a whole big group uh, of, of individuals that I just hadn't come across. And it's yeah. just been amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really a network, um, you know, in a very genuine sense. And one of the things that I love about it is, you know, when you bring your students to NEEPS, you know that they're going to be connected to people from other universities after. You know they're going to have, you know, ongoing research conversations with, with professors at other schools, undergraduates and graduate students. And it's, it's really great to, to just see how, how, you know, how well that's been working for the society. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so I'm really looking forward to, to seeing you in, in Boston. Like I was telling you earlier, I'm going to be coming right off a plane from China straight to Boston. So it should be an interesting transition. <laughs> Only you, Glenn. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll make it fun. Absolutely. We always do. Absolutely. Um, so speaking of fun, final thing I'm going to ask um, is we've been asking our guests to come up with a haiku related to evolutionary psychology and present it at the tail end of their podcast. And I understand you have a slightly alternative idea. Well, you know, haikus are, are beautiful and refreshing maybe or reflective. And I'm just, I'm more of a limerick kind of girl, Glenn. <laughs> sure. um, and, uh, you know, and Becky Birch at the end of her, her podcast at Limerick. So I thought, well, I have to follow in her footsteps. So I might as well, you know, follow her as closely as I can. Um, but I, you know, I was an English major. Right. So it was it was really hard for me. Like I actually I really had to sit down and I was trying to write a limerick and none of them came out sounding uh, podcast worthy, shall we say. 
And so what I did is I actually started looking up scientific limericks. And I wow. lost a couple of days of my life to that. Um, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a, a limerick that was written by uh, Vince, I think it's Leah Cata, who is a biochemist in the Department of Biological Sciences at Louisiana State. And then I'm going to give you my take on what would be even more appropriate for NEEPs in our society. So he wrote, okay, if I gave you my genome to play with, would you deem me as someone to stay with? Or would you scramble my genes like tossed salad spring greens just to see all the sequences I made with? And I thought, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Okay. I hope that you still talk to me after this. Okay. <laughs> here is my hot phenotype. Some say that I look real ripe. So you must choose me. Let, you let your desire free on Tinder. Give me a swipe. See, I kept <laughs> it clean. Wow. <laughs> I got to say that that's absolutely perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to work with phenotype. <laughs> Oh my God! No, that that works really well. It captures so much of the field of making psychology, and and it's fun. So, well, thank you, Marianne, so much for being part of this today. Oh, thank you, Glenn. It's always fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I look forward to seeing you in Boston. Yeah, I'll see you in a month. Have fun in China. That was great. Thank you. Take care. Thanks.